Mindfulness Mode 78. Don't have your last words of dying as, gee, I wish I'd tried that or I wish I'd taken that job or written that book. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Hey, Mindful Tribe, do you want to share mindfulness with your children? It can be so much fun for both of you. I have a free ebook I've written called 21 Ways to Practice Mindfulness with Your Child Every Day for 7 Minutes. Download it at mindfulnessmode.com slash 21 ways. Enter your name and email and you'll have it in no time. That's mindfulnessmode.com slash 21 ways. Today, you're listening to Mindfulness Weekends with Bruce Langford and my friend Don Hutchison. Don has built six companies and worked with hundreds of people over the years, and so he's a real expert at talent. He was featured on Mindfulness Mode in episode number, what was it, 36. It was called Get Into Your Feelings and Out of Your Thinking to Live a Full Life. When it comes to talent, Wow, he's amazing because he has a podcast all about talent, all about discover your talent. So I'm so happy to have Don here today. He's read so many books and he's got so much knowledge. So it's going to be just great. I think a lot of times, even though it should be obvious or it seems it should be obvious, sometimes we just don't know what our talents are. I mean, I always knew that I had a talent for music. I mean, I was, that was something that I just felt and I believed it because probably, you know, if I played music for somebody and they said, oh, you're so talented, oh, you're so good at this, you know, then I felt, oh, well, maybe I am. I mean, I was, it was kind of, they built up my confidence probably. And then I went on to just believe it in my own mind. So how much of talent is that confidence that someone else has built up in you, you believe it, and then it just kind of snowballs from there. I don't know. That's a, an interesting question, I think. It'll be interesting to ask Don that. He's not on the line yet, but uh, talent. You know, there, I mean, there's so many different kinds of talent. And like I said, I think of musical talent just because that's my area. That's what I love is is music playing, you know, playing the accordion. My dad always loved the accordion and he wanted me to play that. I started out playing the piano and enjoyed it. And then my piano teacher said, you know what, I'm not going to be teaching anymore. Gee, I don't know if I should have taken that as a hint or not, but (laughs) I'm just kidding, of course. She decided to uh, do other things and so she wasn't teaching anymore. Then I got another teacher and you know, it just didn't seem like the chemistry was right. I, I just, this this lady just didn't seem like the right teacher for me. And so after a while, I, I quit and I just kept practicing on my own. I was likely around 10 years old or so. I, I took, I started taking lessons when I was nine. That was my first exposure to piano lessons. And then 10, I I changed and took from this other lady and that lasted a few months. And then I just practiced the piano on my own for a while my dad said well why don't you take uh, accordion lessons and that was because he really loved the accordion and so I did and a lot of people said that I had a talent at accordion and I think some people just look at the accordion as such a 
complex instrument and wow, you know, how do you know what buttons to press? And it always seemed like there were certain people who thought it was magical. And well, I don't know, it doesn't really seem that magical to me in a way, but I just, you know, I thought it was kind of a fun instrument to play. So I enjoyed it. And I had this guy who was a teacher and he was a young guy. He was probably only about, you know, 10 years older than me. I was, I was 12 or so, and he was likely about 22 or something like that. And so anyway, it was just kind of fun going and talking to him, and he'd tell me little stories and tell me how to play these songs, and he'd say, well, what song would you like to learn? And I would learn a song. When I think of talent, I think of of my grandmother. I mean, my grandmother was very talented at, I don't know, making things like knitting and crocheting and stuff like that. I guess she made blankets and she, no, uh, Afghans and things like that. And so that was, that was one of her talents. Sometimes I think of the talent of cooking. Some people are really talented at that, but if you're talented at something and you like to do it, then I think there's a mindfulness element for sure that you are, you're thinking about it and you're kind of go ahead and you do that thing and it makes you feel good. And so you're, you're in the moment when you're doing it. I think that's what you could say. So I've got Don here and his show is Discover Your Talent, Do What You Love. It's a podcast, a highly successful podcast. And uh, so Don is an expert on talent and how talent relates to mindfulness. We're just talking about that today because I know there are a lot of people that have talents and they just can't figure out what they are. Like, why is that the case, Don? Do you think that there are so many people that can't nail what their talent actually is? Well, Thanks for having me on the show, Bruce. I'm a big fan of what you're doing and uh, just very excited about your whole idea. I mean, the power of mindfulness is, uh, I don't have to tell you, you're spearheading the show about it, but um, I think it's hard for people to, people can't get next to who they are. They can't listen. They can't do what they're supposed to do if they can't listen to that wee small voice inside. And uh, that's not a romantic metaphor. It's... um, as, as you well know, when we're conscious, we're connected to ourselves and our feelings and our beingness. We're not just thinking doers. And our society has become so, uh, it's, it's, it's increasingly complex. The contents that doubled every hundred years in 1900 now is doubling every year and it's soon going to be every month. To keep up with that, it just requires just Herculean effort and focus and discipline and that often needs, leads to uh, just being dis- disconnected from who you are. And you simply can't, until you go inside and you listen to how you're feeling and, and what you're, uh, how you're engaging your work and your life, you can't uh, come up with creative solutions. Yeah, so, so it's really because we're not conscious enough of who we are. That's really what the problem is, isn't it? That's absolutely right. Yeah, it makes makes perfect sense. You know, I I pulled up a couple of quotes and and I know there's a lot of talk about talent and passion. Some people use the words almost interchangeably, but here's a quote, follow your passion. It'll lead to your purpose. That's by Oprah Winfrey. Do you think that passion and talent can be used interchangeably, Don? Um, let me look at those words. I'm a language guy and I love words. Um I think that talent uh, 
they're, they're, they're inextricably bound. It's like Mikhaili Csikszentmihalyi, the University of Chicago professor who wrote the book Flow. It was a great book, by the way, for your listeners. Mm. Um, he studied people in their, in their careers and in their lives. And when you're, when you're doing what you love, when you're in the moment, when you're being conscious, really, you, you get into the flow. And, uh, and if you want to call the, the uh, takeaway from that passion, okay. But the, the talent is, the, is, the, uh, is really the starting point of, of, your, of, of who you are, your, yourself, your, your spiritual, emotional, physical, intellectual being. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then when you are able to use it, we've done 260-some-odd interviews, and people use, use their talent more than they don't. Nobody's in bliss every second. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Dalai Lama or somebody, but right. he's, he probably has rough days too. Probably does. But, but um, anyway, when you are using those talents, then you do get into the flow because you're conscious and you're you're not letting your mind, which wants to obsess on the future or the past, distract you. You're you're being a good musician or a good teacher or a good parent or a good writer or a good salesperson or whatever you're supposed to be doing. So. I don't think I directly answered your question, but that's about as good as I can do. Well, I was just thinking about it, and I was thinking, well, you know, with a talent, you could be really talented at something that you don't like doing. Like, you could be really talented at cooking, but you're just sick of it. You don't like it. But with a passion, that indicates more that it's something you really like. Wouldn't you say so? Well, that's a perceptive comment. The, the uh, One of the companies I, I was uh, fortunate to create and co-create was um, in this space and still is 28 years later. And and we pointed out that when you think about envisioning your life and career, you know, out there, there's so many people that have pieces of the puzzle that they offer, but it's, we're more complicated than that. So you don't just look at your talent, you look at your, your skills and your personal style and your values and you, and, and you develop a vision and, uh, goals based on those. So you're right. You could have something that was really, really, you know, and your, your interests are your, are your passions. And so until those things are all in sync, then, um, no, you can't, you can't be in the flow. You can't be in the flow. You could definitely have a, a talent to do something naturally, but it's not in sync with your values and, and your family and your, your personal style or the setting you want to work with or anything else. I remember when I was a kid hearing that phrase, don't hide your talent under a bushel. You know, and right. I really grew up thinking, well, that, wow, that would be really sinful if you had a talent and you didn't use it or you didn't use it to help other people. Do you think that's true, that it's really, it's really a bad thing if you don't use your talent? Well, you know, I was reading this great book by Paul Brunson, uh, What Should I Do With My Life? And I, I, I can't believe I didn't discover this earlier because it's a brilliant piece of writing and research. And he interviewed couple of hundred people mm-hmm. and put down 50 stories in this great book. And one of the questions they asked was, is it, uh, is it a, a great loss if you don't find your purpose? What if you just have a good life and you provide for whatever it is, whatever your family is or your tribe is, and mm-hmm. you take care of your health and you, you pay it back in, in ways to the people in your communities, but you still haven't you know, become Michael Jordan being a super basketball player or all the other great talented people, Brad Pitt being a great actor, you haven't become that. Is that a waste? And, and, and the answer, in my view, of course, is no, it's not. I mean, have you left some the better part of you 
uh, on the, on uh, out and have you sort of cut yourself short? Well, yeah, yeah, you have probably. But either that was a choice or the circumstances wouldn't allow you to uh, to be that person. You, you you couldn't do it this time around. Right. You, you couldn't do it this time around. But, you know, to see people that are grossly miscast and uh, are just so miserable as, as the surveys from Gallup and others say around the mm-hmm. world that we, that we quote on our show, that's that is that's why I started the podcast. It's profoundly disturbing because if 80 some odd percent of the people around the world don't answer yes to the question, are you using the best of who you are every day at work, 70 some odd percent in this country, well, that's sad. Yeah, I mean, that's that a, is that's sad. A, that, that, that's the majority of people. Mm-hmm. And so – in that in that case, if you break it down to this quantum level, it's it's a it's 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 really is in that case it is it is terrible. Plus, the economic repercussions are just sure. billion, trillions of dollars, really. Yeah, you know for sure. Yeah, well, you know, one thing I love to do is I love painting. You know, like I love painting rooms, like that kind of painting. You know, I don't. Oh. When I was a kid, I was a little kid, and I I saw people painting, and I thought, oh, that's a cool thing. I want to paint a fence. I want to paint a house or something like that. And I just, I was just a little kid, you know, like eight or ten years old, and I thought that was cool. And so then, when I was in high school, I started this painting business where I did paint houses for other people. But you know, now I think, well, if I if I did painting just because I like it, well then I'm kind of wasting away some of my time and talent that I could be doing to help other people in more substantial ways. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. Yeah, because you, you have uh, so much more capacity. Sure. Pa- painting can still be a great hobby but, or you can you know you do it whenever you want to do it. But if you have the great capacity to uh, – you know, to be a, a healer, or some kind of in some medical field, naturopathy or whatever, and and you leave that on the table, you leave that at the door, then you know we all lose. Sure, yeah, we definitely all lose. And uh, I don't know. I I, I think um, I think when I see people in the flow in their sweet spot, that uh, it's the it's the biggest joy that we've had two hundred and sixty people on our show in the last ten months and. Invariably, there were these turning points in their lives, whether it was very young or recently, where they they just they listened to how they were feeling. They they got present, right. and like we were talking about, and they they were conscious. And maybe they put aside. It could have happened spontaneously. Maybe they got ill, which you know, God forbid. But some, sometimes people don't get conscious till they get ill. As you yes. Know. But um, but regardless, they found it, or maybe it just got so uh, execrably painful that they had to just look at it and they they said wait a minute wait a minute is is this as jack nicholson said is in that great movie as good as it gets have you ever thought what if this is all there is yeah. <laughs> you know i just watched that movie with my wife last week it's one of my favorites of yeah, all time it's a great movie it's a great great idea but yeah i mean you know you just say uh wtf you know yeah. uh, you know whether i'm 28 or 88 uh, that's 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 Bronnie Ware's book, Last Words on Dying, and she was with you know, countless people on their in their last days and moments, and you know their their biggest regret was, gee, I wish I had fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. I wish I'd followed that dream. I wish I'd listened to my inner voice, and you know, I I still could have taken care of my family or whatever I had to do. I still could have fulfilled my obligations, but I didn't have to. For lack of a better expression, I didn't have to sell out. You know, I didn't have to sell my 
sell my soul or whatever that thing is and uh, not take care of me. So what do you think about how ego comes into the whole thing? Some people who are very talented, then their ego just goes crazy. And I, I saw this quote that said, too much ego will kill your talent. What oh, do you think of that? Oh, you know, I, I'm a big big student and fan. I do a lot of reading on uh, just in the psychological area and because yeah. uh, I think, you know, I think it's such a key part of our composition. And uh, I think having a healthy ego and confidence is a good thing. And then when it gets over into where you become, using your, your metaphor, when you become unconscious mm-hmm. and uh, or lose your conscience, okay, your conscience, and not IOS, but INC, mm-hmm. when, you know, then, then it, it's, it's real, it's frightening. You know, and it's uh, yeah. it's very del- it's very deleterious for you and for uh, and and for those around you. And there's a lot of that out there. Yeah, there's there a lot of that out there. Yeah, you see it with high profile people sometimes, don't you? Well, I mean, I I just read this great book. Actually, I'm, that's not true. I'm rereading a great book and uh, by this Dr. Martha Stout from Harvard, and it's called The Sociopath Next Door. And why are you reading a book about sociopaths? Well, because I think that. That there's we see the evidence of psychopathology in our world increasingly, and if you want to listen to some stunning statistics, and this has been studied for decades and decades, four percent of the whole world are is composed of sociopaths. Did you know that? That's a lot of people. I didn't well, know that. No. Well, well, it's two hundred eighty million people, yeah. and and these people have the uh, they don't have an, they don't have a conscience. Mm-hmm. They, not only are they not conscious, they don't have a conscience. And which means they're not in touch with their feelings and can't feel love and all these things. So the, the other 63 or 4% are, you know, doing the best they can, but they pretty much do what's in front of them. And then that other 30 some odd percent are trying to be conscious and make decisions. So, yeah, this whole idea of, of ego and, and uh, contribution and being conscious so that we can build a meaningful, lasting world is uh, has never been more um, – relevant, in my opinion. Well, I just finished reading the book, The Power of Habit. And I think, you know, as as a person that, you know, I really think about what my habits are and if I have bad habits or, if, you know, I want to change them or if I, I might want to have a, I might have a goal that I want to achieve. So I think of some habits I'll create in order to achieve that goal. But, you know, if I'm talented, I think, okay, I can use that knowledge. I can learn that stuff, use the knowledge and make it work so that ultimately I can help people have a better life. And so, you know, talent is something that we can certainly gain just by learning through what we read, just like you read tons of stuff all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, an absent you know, we talked about these, what highly successful people actually do to succeed, because there's all kinds of points of view about that and countless books written about it. And all of them have a nice perspective on it. But, you know, if you look at the if you look at the ways that highly successful people do succeed, mm-hmm. there's a pattern there. And the pattern is that they they are self-aware. They do know themselves better than they don't. They have thought about the options they have in their lives. They understand how they're wired to succeed. They take responsibility for their lives. They know it's up to them. They set goals. They are. They surround themselves with, with good people that give them honest feedback. They're able to face their fears. They are 
more than often than not, highly organized and disciplined, okay, what you were just talking about, mm-hmm. and, and they trust their instincts. And in that final phrase, trust your instincts, that's the part where I think, you asked me 10 minutes ago, why don't people use their talents? I believe, and I hear this from guests on the show from around the world, I believe that people just are, we're sort of programmed through our, even our families who hopefully love us, usually love us, I hope, Mm -hmm. and our systems, our schools, our organizations, we're sort of programmed to be another brick in the wall, as I think Pink Floyd said. Yes. So. And so, yeah, it's, uh, well, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I went to college and, uh, golly, I went to graduate school or I got this job right out of college or out of grammar school, whatever it is, out of high school. And mm-hmm. I moved my way up and now I'm a VP of this and I'm making plenty of money and I've got a good house. And, you know, those are, those are, that's great. But those are strong manacles that are around your, yourself, especially around your mind and your imagination. So you have interviewed a lot of people, 260 episodes you have. What are some of the talents of some of those people that pop into your mind, Don? Everything from um, everything from an ambassador to a foreign country who obviously knows how to mediate and negotiate and mm-hmm. be a leader to a teacher in Rome, Italy, that teaches high school students English, uh, to uh, a dancer in New York City, who was a, a young, budding superstar dancer and then was hit with, uh, you know, a, a major illness and uh, had to overcome that for five years and come back showing courage. It's it's just as endless as your imagination can be. You know, mm-hmm. we've had advertising people who are great writers and strategists. And we, we've had, um, you know, people who are into uh, saving animals. Our animals are in Humans are in dire straits, but animals are even more so because they can't protect themselves nearly as well. And uh, so people are doing animal rights in South Africa are saving. One great guest has set up a program for 15 years saving animals in Chicago along with making the environment there good for people and animals. So it's it's just a a range of um, – some people are just whizzes at technology. Mm -hmm. And we had a guy on who's a direct mail guru for 35 years and sent out 2 billion pieces of direct mail and – brilliantly and now he's he's using he's sort of mel- melding together the old line direct mail to with with current internet marketing mailings and content and all and so it's it's the best part of the show listening to uh and it's funny how people morph they you, they might go along do it using their talents and then, then they might take a you know a, almost a 360 degree shift using other talents yes yeah. Well, you know what I find interesting is that uh, some people have these incredible talents and they know they do, but they, they say, well, yeah, but I could never earn a living doing this thing. What do you say to somebody like that, Don? I say figure it out. I say don't make a precipitate decision because maybe you can't, but maybe you can. So I would say if you're that person that's a teacher, lawyer, doctor, whatever it is, and you're you're making a living, and it's a it's a good one. Maybe it's a great one, but you have this urge, this this unmet need. Well, just don't keep putting that off. In fact, I interviewed somebody the other day. It's really interesting you'd bring this up. Who's been a lawyer for shoot thirty years mm-hmm. and has done extraordinarily well, but he's in his early fifties, and uh, he's uh, he's he's that wee small voice, mm-hmm. and he's looking at other ways to use his talents. And so if he, if he gets quiet, you know, working with coaches is a great idea for one thing. I mean, it's a very, we're, we're, we're the most complex 
energy thing in the universe, I think, a human being. And so working with coaches that, that, that are qualified coaches to help you just be reflective and to challenge you on different things, to, to test the waters and find out, uh, I mean, maybe all it takes is, is turning that unmet talent into a great hobby, you know, where, where uh, maybe you want to give something back in community outreach, or maybe you want to, you want to write songs, but, you know, you don't expect to go to, you know, Los Angeles or wherever they're doing songs the most and become a superstar, but you want to just use your musical talents. Mm-hmm. There, there are a lot of ways to, to make those things work for you, but you have to, you have to take the time to be conscious and listen to yourself and then, um, and then experiment and, and, learn and feel how it feels to you by doing it. And you never know. You never know. There have been so many great authors that didn't think they were authors, but they, uh, you know, they wrote, they wrote some work. Now you can get anything out on the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to get some publisher to, I mean, those, those days are quickly fading away. I mean, you, yeah. you know, you can self-publish and you, or start out with a blog. Sure. You know, start out with a blog and, and see, see how people respond to what you have to say and how you say it. And, so um, it, it's there are just countless ways to to test what those talents are and to find out if you know how far you can take them and and, th- and there are all kind of ways. Maybe there's a way where you are in your current situation. If you're in an organization, even a big company, and you're tired of it, maybe it's time to move from a certain area and discipline into another. You know, and to make a shift. And if you're willing to be gutsy enough to learn some new skills or talk to management or leadership about moving into another area, then go for it. Yeah. Explore, explore it anyway. Don't do what, don't, don't have your last words of dying as, yeah, I wish I'd tried that or I wish I'd taken that job or written that book. I mean, don't, don't do that. Have it, make it happen. Just jump into it. And of course, there's that whole fear element, which is the reason that a lot of people don't jump into it. So fear really enters into finding your talent in a lot of ways. So well, how well, do mostly, we do that? Well, mostly it does. And I think that the, um, you know, there's all kinds of bravado and bravura ways to face the fear and do it anyway. Right. And, um, you know, face the fear and take action, which is one of our uh, career building strategies. Okay, but that's that's not here. Let's just uh, quit our job oh. as of X and just run out and do that. Let's be, like, well, like we said earlier, let's be mindful and let's do some reading and research and talk to people and talk to friends and allies and, interview people in the field that are do informational interviews or people who are doing that. And with the internet, you can find out anything and, and just with the, with a modicum of research. I mean, you can find out, you can find out absolutely anything as you well know. So do that research, you know, open, get a, get a hanging file and some folders and get a notebook. And, and, uh, I mean, one of the best things you can do of all is journal and just write down every day. Even if you do it for 10 minutes, you know, what, what work was like and what really felt great to you and what you really hated and what you'd change if you could and, you know, how you might go about making shifts and various things. And It's the strangest thing when you go back and read it again and, and you kind of think, did I write this like 10 days ago? It's, it's oh, yeah. surprising, isn't it, Don? Oh, yeah. It couldn't be more surprising. And, and, and you know, we settle and we put up with more, um, you know, I think about the women in our society who, who are uh, – I'm a total. I, I had a, I had a really good family, and I had an incredible mother and grandmother. And the men in my family were, were also really fine men. But I really learned the the feminine side of, 
manhood from my mother and my grandmother, and and it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm. Being an alpha male is fine, but if you're an alpha male without a feminine instinct, uh, you know, it, it, I don't I don't it's, like that model. Yeah, it's not ideal. Well, I don't think it is at all. And uh, but so so the women in our society have made huge strides, and I have so many in my companies that I started. I mean, not the backbone of those companies was always women, and uh, I had great men too. But we had so many strong women. But they're still underappreciated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's quite stunning in the corporate world, in the legal field. It's they're just completely unappreciated. Well, they're they're more unappreciated than than it's it's just too much. And so I, I so admire, especially this younger generation, that are they're just not taking the BS, if you will, right. and uh, and they're standing up for themselves. They're going out and starting their own companies, and they're uh, they just know what their their qualifications are, and don't have to turn into an alpha female that you know to just to get the the approval of the alpha males that aren't very in touch with themselves. They can be. They can still be a compassionate, empathetic person, but be strong as the Rock of Gibraltar. Yeah. You know, that's what I love. I love to see men and women that can be strong, but but also compassionate and empathetic. I and mean, what's missing in our world, in my view, is more is more compassion. Yeah, I, I agree. We need a lot more compassion for sure. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting talking with you, Don, about talent and mindfulness. And, and, you know, you're one of the most mindful people I know. And it's probably because you meditate so much. Like you've, you've meditated for years, right, Don? I have. I have. And, uh, and the older I get, the more, the, uh, the more forms of the different various forms of meditation it takes. It's a, it's a beautiful, incredibly beautiful sunny day in my new hometown of Charleston, South Carolina. I'm an Atlanta, Georgia native, which is a great town, but moved down here about 18 months ago. And so I there's just, I don't know, there's something about this weather that's ultra special with the ocean. And so, uh, yeah, you don't have to just sit there and use your mantra or whatever modalities you use. Mm-hmm. You can, you can be in a contemplative state, as you well know, yeah. just taking a 30 minute walk in the sunshine and you get your vitamin D and you get your soul back intact. Yeah, it feels so good, and then you just look forward to it day after day. Oh, you do, you do, and because uh, yeah. life, life is, you know, I don't, I don't care how successful we are and how on target we are. It's uh, if we're if we're disconnected, as you clearly know, as you well know, then it's it's not worth it. Yeah, that's true. Well, Don, I'll put this information about the show notes. I mean, the information about the books you mentioned in our show notes and, and, you know, Mindful Tribe, you can check that out and and see some of the quotes in the show notes and a little bit about our our chat. So Don, thanks so much for taking the time to tune in and, and talk about talent and mindfulness and Mindful Tribe. I encourage you to check out Don's show. It's a great show. Discover your talent, do what you love. And, uh, so, you know, talk to you soon. Don, you take care. Yeah, well, just send them over to discoveryourtalentpodcast.com and they can see 200 and whatever we got up now, 245 interviews and adding five a week and would love to uh, have them be a member of our tribe. And congratulations on everything you're doing. You could not be doing more worthwhile work. It's an honor to know you. And you too, Don. So you take care. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. 
stay in the mode.